0: And welcome to another edition of the Copcat. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Copcast podcast. That's about the third time I've tried that, but we're just gonna stick with it now. We came to you before the season started, but I failed to hit the record button. So again, before anybody decides, just tout on me. Um because if you're comfortable, full disclosure, yeah, yep. disclosure
1: from the start. Yeah,
0: full disclosure from the start. Yeah, tight, tight. So I'm not going to put anybody in that position where we need to hire some paramilitaries and go to their houses. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, um, it's been a while. So thanks for sticking with us if you have. I've got Jay Reed. I've got Neil Patterson. I've got Andy Bale. It was Liverpool away at Fulham. It was 2-2. For large parts, we were fairly, fairly dreadful, Jay. Um... And before we get into before we get into the game itself, I think I probably want to start with Klopp's post match where um, a lot of focus has been put on Klopp said it was a dry patch, but actually <laughs> for ninety nine percent of things that he said is that we just genuinely weren't good enough. We moved with the wrong attitude. Um, and we've seen it before. And if, if you've ever played football, you know yourself, if you don't start a game well, then it's really, really hard to get back into it sometimes. And that's what we kind of found. Um, I think we were complacent. Um and we looked like a team that we looked like a team that we're playing where every point didn't matter, which is wild because literally two of the last four seasons we've lost the league by a point. And one of those seasons we ran away with it and won it. And the other season, we were absolutely ravaged by injuries, which derailed everything. So, you know, I'm I, if, if if I want to be like Doomsday Clock kind of guy, you would you would worry that maybe it's just one of those seasons that you know we've seen club have with the likes of Dortmund in the past, where it's just like it's 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 one. It's one hurdle too many for this team and and they have been burnt out and we have broken them um or were we just arrogant or a little bit
2: there's nothing like a bit of hyperbole, is there really which yeah. I
0: think,
2: which I think it is like and um, you know, it played into the cliche of you know it was our fourth year in a row we played the championship. Champions on the opening day of the season. Um, the early kickoff, you know, no one likes an early kickoff, really, for multiple reasons. And you know, it, what what we, what what I found bizarre is like all week Pep Linders has been plugging this intensity book, and that was the one thing that we didn't take into that game at all. Um, you know, we we done all the media work about how. It's our, our identity is our identity and stuff and if anything I think they left a book on the coach or the old red fell asleep because it must not have been that good but I'm sure it probably is um, it just was one of them games and as you say like if you have played football you know if you don't start well it's can be quite hard to get into the game but we've seen it many a times where we won't really get off to the best start and then we'll just have a 20 minute spell and we'll blow a team away but at no points in that game, really did we have a sustained amount of pressure and a spell. Maybe between or after the first goal and between you know them getting um, the penalty decision. Um, but I think it, you know, if you want to be hypercritical about it, you can say, well, last season we lost the league by a point, and it was games against the likes of Brighton and Brentford early on in the season where we weren't at our best and we dropped points and drew. Um we couldn't afford to do that again. And if you're looking at it from another point of view that you know, it's it's one game, it's it's early on, we're missing a couple of players, you know, players are all at different levels of fitness, these freak results come up and I mean you know, the the opening weekend is probably only probably only Man City who went on spares who went to the form guide of what you'd expected in terms of outcomes and results. I think everyone else was sort of a bit Piggledy-piggledy and, you know, there was a couple of surprise results, a couple of surprise performances and a couple that underwhelmed, really. So, you know, I think the fact that we've got a week or nine days between the first game and the second game, it's allowing a lot of people to stew and maybe expectations were ramped up because of the success in the community shield that, you know, we we thought, well, we've put a marker down and uh, as we rightly thought we did and, you know, maybe it was just a reality check but, There's a lot of reasons we can delve into, but yeah, I think it was something that you can make a big amount out of it as you want or you can just, you know, gloss over and just say it's game one and we move on and fortunately, you're only as good as your last podcast or your next game.
0: (laughs) Well played, Jay. Um, Yeah, it's fair. Keith, we didn't start well. And there's there's like there's issues all over the place. I don't think we, you know we could, we'll, we'll talk about in individual performances, but um, it was widespread. It was it was endemic across the entire team. And Jay's right, you know, even though we don't start well um, and we don't play well in general, the go- the disallowed goal, yeah, it's a good finish, but Roberts is like a million miles. He's as offside as offside as ever seen. To be honest. Um, Diaz has another really good chance to get to post with. We make chances, and our xG is actually quite high, but the issue is how easily they smothered us in midfield and exploited picking up loose balls in the middle of the pitch, and that's something that this Liverpool team is, you know, that's kind of that's kind of like their speciality is owning the midfield area, owning that middle third of the pitch to protect the high line and we just don't do that and be it because of not winning first balls, not winning second balls and, you know, for the goal, a loose pass um, that puts us on the back foot. Yes, people might talk about we need to play Elliot we need to play, you know, Carvalho or blah, 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 but Actually, the issue in this game was that don't keep the ball well enough and it exposes us at the back. So that, for me, is an issue that we're going to have to rectify really, really quickly. Yeah, I mean, we have a habit of
3: going behind. Um, we've gone behind pretty frequently in our last run of games, if you go back to the last season. And in fact, even, even in... Um, <clears throat> the title winning season, we go behind a fair few times and just find a way to come back and win. Um, it's been a factor of Klopp, Klopp's Liverpool for, for a good few seasons now, but um, things went against us at the weekend. We didn't play well for start. That's the first thing that goes against us. Everyone's a little bit off. Everyone's a little bit slow. Um, Fulham are right up and at us as you'd expect them to be, but they bring the intensity and you know they kind of outfight us a little bit for the first certainly the first 10 10-12 minutes. Um, then we kind of come back into it a little bit. Um, but you know they get the goal. The goal sort of it sort of comes out of nothing. It sort of comes at a time when things have settled down, and you're not really worried about the pressure. You you know you're not thinking oh you know, they're troubling us here or anything. It it just sort of comes from a, a bit of a breakaway and. It's a very lucky deflection on the clock cross. It's, it's slight, but it takes the ball completely out of Allison's reach and perfectly into the path of Mitrovic, who, you know, a lot's been said about Trent's defending there. Um, I think by the time that ball's in the air, there's not much that he can really do. I don't think he knows Mitrovic is there necessarily, which, which is never great. But...
0: Um, you know, well, I actually mentioned that. Yeah, I, I, said that in the chat, and, and I had said that if you're defending the back post of cross, you've got to assume that someone is, somebody's there. there. You just jump, but you've got to assume. But to be fair, it's a mismatch at the back post, and Mitrovic yeah. is his arms on him. He's all over him.
3: He and dominates it, and, him. Yeah, and it's, it's the last. It's the last matchup you want. Uh, you know, a ball is coming in perfectly uh, for Mitrovic. He's, he's got to run on Trent. He He's, you know, he's up early, he hangs, he's all over Trent. Trent doesn't get off the floor. Um, Alison, I mean, the, was,
1: other, the said, other thing on that is, sorry to cut across you, Chief, like, Trent, you're absolutely right in that scenario. Trent's not, Trent can't win the headers. So what Trent has to do is try and put him off, essentially, and make him Make him jump and do a poor header for for want a better phrasing, and he kind of does that, and then it just bounces off Trent's head and goes exactly. awkwardly past. And like I do think there's a fair bit of luck involved, and if, like the xG of that shot or that chance is probably actually really low.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and it's very it, you know it, it tends to be like that when when we concede, um, you know, p- particularly against the teams that we're expected to to beat comfortably when they tend to score, it, it's it's often as the result of an an amazing combination of circumstances, basically. And that, that goal, you know, the deflected cross and the fact that it bounces off Trent's head and, and sort of loops into the net. Um, you know, are, are two perfect examples of that. If if the cross doesn't take the deflection, it's Mitrovic isn't isn't getting on the end of it and, you know, there is no problem. Um <clears throat> we then we then come back into the game we're not burning by any stretch of the imagination, but we get to half time at 1-0. We make the substitutions on 50. Can I just say that we, we didn't mention it, but Darwin Nunes should have started. Um, and anyway, he comes on and um, pretty quickly we see the difference. And when we go one each, looks like we're going to go on and, and win. Nunes almost gets a second really quickly. Um, uh, it gets cleared off the line, I believe. And then... Out of nothing, out of absolutely nothing again, Mata gives the ball away. Mitrovic runs at Van Dijk. And, you know, at a certain point you see almost, he, he looks up and goes, what the fuck am I going to do here? And he 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 runs at Van Dijk. It's very, very clever play. Van Dijk hangs out a lazy leg. Mitrovic makes sure there's some contact. And, and it's a pen. And it's one of the cheapest penalties you'll ever see. But it is a pen. And at that point you're going, holy fuck, we can't lose this, surely. So, um, you know, to get the 2-2 from that point of being 2-1 down on, what, 73, 74 minutes or something is is a bit, you know, you can sort of, that's why I wasn't absolutely raging after the game, because we've seen us lose those games before. But obviously, it's 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 disappointing. But uh, if we don't concede that penalty, that dopey-dopey penalty, uh, again, a, a combination of, a, a comedy of errors, really, between Manip and, and Van Dijk. Um, we win that game, and we probably win in three or four one in the end. But you know, having to come back again just sort of, you know, obviously delays that process. We can't get the third; we uh, we we, we rattle the crossbar later on. Um, so I wouldn't read too much into it. It's it's obviously really disappointing, but they're not gonna, you know, they're not ultimately those two points on the very first day of the season should not prove costly. Let's put it like that. Let's let's hope
0: it's early enough for them not to prove that costly. Yeah, and Andy Chief kind of he makes the point that, that Nunez should start, and I think every I think everybody and his dog thinks that Firmino is going to start, maybe except for Chief. Um, I think that's the right a, decision, a, a, <laughs> whether that's the right decision or the wrong decision decision, the reason you I know said,
3: just just because of the charity shield performance the fact that we basically had to do the same thing in, in that game. Bobby starts doesn't do much, it doesn't play particularly well. And and Nunes comes on and, and changes the game. And I just think there's a little bit of for me you not know, playing a little bit on borrowed time now at the moment. Um he's not been himself for a long time and I understand why maybe club felt he would start Bobby, but I think it was crying out for
0: Darwin. Yeah, Andy, I, yeah, on that, you know, I think the fact that the fact that Fulham kinda of swamped the midfield, um, that's that's their game plan. They do it really well. Firmino is almost more of a hindrance for me than an option or an outlet for us, where he's just another body in there and it's all too tight and it's it doesn't stick and it's chaos and they create chaos in the middle of the pits. And that's ultimately what leads to the majority of their chances where they're just faster and sharper to the second ball. And, um, yeah, it, it does. The pattern of the game significantly changes when clock makes the changes. And, you know, I don't know. I think we've seen the likes of Brighton do this for Firmino before, where they kind of flood that area and don't allow him, um, to, to pick the ball up, have a bit of space, link the play. Um, so I, I get what Steve's saying, and he's right, his performances haven't been up to standard probably the last 18 months, and there's probably two or three players we could say that about. But yeah, I think, is it now time that really we start to evolve past him? And, and Nunez now is whether Klopp feels he's ready or not, it's something he's going to have to learn on the job rather than on the training ground.
1: I, I'm hesitant to say evolve past him. I know mean, the performances haven't been up to his usual standard for the last wee while now. To be fair, but I do remember kind of that Man City game, the, the semi final last year, where he plays um he plays Kieran in the midfield, and everyone, including me, after that was saying, right, that's it now. From now until the end of the season, the midfield has to be for being Thiago Henderson, or for being you, Thiago Keita. And then the very next game, K to three, and a stinker at Villarreal, and everyone was back to Henderson again. And before the European Cup final, everyone went to Henderson. That's just an example of well, Aaron apart from maybe somebody on this podcast, but that's just an example of, um, you know, I, I sort of. I won felt the game. that. <laughs> I felt it. <laughs> Had to get it in. It's, it's a, it's a prerequisite criteria for every podcast. Now I get to dig at Jay and about Henderson. I'm sure you, are sure you get me back at some point.
0: This that's um, fine. It feeds my narrative for the
1: next question, so I'm completely okay with that. It's uh, the, the overall point I'm making is that, you know, there will be some games this season where Henderson and Firmino are better suited than Elliot and Nunez. And the game will play out in a different way. And, you know, Elliot might start a game, get caught up in it and Henderson will be really good. I don't think we need to have conversations about evolving past players. That said, you know, everything you say, Dave, uh, in your question is absolutely right. Firmino is many things across his Liverpool career, but he's never been an, an outball. And what we were crying out for in that first half was an outball because it's usually that kind of Van Dijk to sell a cross ball that wasn't coming off. Um, they just the
0: press or, or, it used to, or it used to be the one, and I don't want to get into that we miss Manny debate because I think that's ridiculous, but the one where you could just chuck it up to Mane and he just yeah. became this this miniature DDA with the way he was able to control his chest, bring it down, hold it with his strength and get us yeah. up the pitch.
1: Yeah, Mane would do amazing things on the touchline 50 yards from goal and you'd sort of think, can we get him to do that in and around the box? But actually, one of the traits I think of an elite winger is hold-up play. It's something we always say about central strikers, but I think if you look at Salah, Salah makes the ball stick. And he can get us out of difficult situations. Man, I could do the same. I'm not sure if Diaz is quite at that level in that part of his game yet. Obviously, he does other things really, really well. But Firmino's not an out ball, and they were pressing us all over the park. And I thought it was really interesting because they absolutely hammered out to the fullbacks anytime they got the ball. They hammered into Van Dyke anytime he got the ball so he couldn't pick his pass. And then they kind of let Joel Matip have it, but they crowded the midfield to make sure he couldn't do his little mazy runs. And um, then when the ball went into midfield, then the press came and they just got that spot on. It meant they always had an extra man because they always let, left Matip free and they outnumbered us all over the pitch. And if there's one thing that isn't going to help you out in that situation, it's your central striker dropping into that area of the pitch where everyone is. So I don't know why I even wait until 50 minutes. I don't know whether it's out of politeness or let's not knock Bobby's confidence, but the sub could, should have come at half time. And then like Nunes comes on and once again just has... One of the most impactful, in in good ways and bad ways, performances that I've ever seen. And this is kind of feeding in what, to what I said on the podcast the other week. You know, Firmino was a bad game there. Firmino was a bad 50 minutes and he barely touches a ball. And when he does touch it, he gives it away. Nunes does two pretty bad things. In, you know, he misses the flick for his goal. It flicks back off him. Um, it's obviously a good run and he's involved in the build-up and then the assist he gets for Sal is just a poor touch, I mean he does two bad things there and it results in a goal and an assist and that's the difference I feel right now between Darwin and, and Firmino Firmino does something bad and he loses possession 50 yards from goal, Darwin does something bad and it flicks off his arse and goes in and I feel like he's going to score that so is, many goals the,
0: But that's also about the positions that he's taken up on the pitch yeah. which are so converse to what Firmino does they are—they're almost literally couldn't be two strikers that are more opposite.
1: Absolutely, and I feel like I'm being kind of disingenuous with him there because he does some really, really good stuff as well. Like there's one where the ball's just kind of floated to the back post, and all he can really do, you think, is head it it's down. It's not going to Diaz, isn't it? It—it's it, not even that one. That, but that was brilliant as well. Um, it's the—it's the one where it gets cleared off the line just after the goal, mm. where he. he All he can do is knock it down, but there's nobody in the box. So he kind of like heads it up for himself and then uses his strength to get in behind the defender. And he's unlucky with the finish. Like, I thought that was bloody world class watching it. And he's going to do these things. And as I think I've said before, you know, when he comes on there, he he literally, I think this might even be be being harsh on him. He's involved in a massive Liverpool moment every five minutes. You know, he must be involved in five or six big Liverpool moments. And there will be times this season where he has such terrible games that those compilations will go on Twitter because it will be so in your face. You know, he can start a game against Palace and he can have 15 big moments and he can fuck them all up and it'll be really embarrassing. But at the end of the day, that's still probably better than Firmino having a bad game and kind of just losing the ball in midfield and not really touching it all game, if that makes sense. He's not the finished article, he's so much he can work on. Stylistically and blah, 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 but he's going to be so involved, and I think, see if this is to do with fitness, which is why he started on the bench, and listen, anyone coming from another team to a Jurgen Klopp style of training is going to struggle mm-hmm. with their body to adapt to it. If it's about fitness, fair enough, but if it's about transition stylistically, we we'll need to fuck that off now because he needs to start against Palace. Yeah,
0: it's not often that I hear you and Chief agree, but that was a sweet moment. Yeah, um... <laughs> Me and
1: Chief aren't too bad now. It's just no. during COVID when we're all fried. <laughs> <laughs> when we're just, all
0: fucking locked up. Yeah. Anybody to fight with, anyone to fight with. Um <laughs> yeah. At least Chief isn't on Twitter, so that's that's a blessing. Um otherwise God knows what you two be getting up to. Jay, um Okay, let's move on to the midfield three. Tiago has a nightmare, goes off. Um Henderson doesn't play well, although nearly gets the winner at the end.
1: And look... Jay, I'll say that was a sitter, by the way. Oh,
0: <laughs> yeah. And this is specifically... Jay, like, this is specifically why I, ha- I have come to you on this, Um, because, obviously, you know, I- I'm a Henderson fan, um, and I don't want to be... I don't want to feel like I'm scapegoating anybody, but, like, honestly, I feel like Fabinho's for form, and I've, I've said this last season... Um. I feel like Fabinho's form has gone under the radar poor for probably, I'd say, at least 12 months now. Um, it doesn't get the same criticism. It's not the same kind of um, scrutiny that the likes of Henderson will get. But, you know, if we're talking about second balls, we're talking about the guy that has to screen the back, the back four, it doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. And it's no surprise to me that he's hooked as early as he is. It didn't really get any better, though, did it? I thought it did get better. Generally, mm. when the changes came on, I thought it did get well, better. I thought, where did they go? There's goals? an argument Penalty to say that Milner, Milner makes a massive difference in there and Henderson moving to the six makes a massive difference.
1: I think you their do- legs falling off make a massive difference, Dave. I don't think you can put it completely out of the changes. No, Sorry.
0: that and, and that is fair. That is fair. But I, I do feel that, you know, it's not. I don't think it's just a tactical reason why he's been used it as early as he is, because that is not something that we see very often. No, no. There, there may be fitness. There may be
2: something else. So Who knows? But I think you can caveat it in, in the, the level that, if if we're all honest with each other, we all know Thiago and Fabinho are a class above any other midfielders we've got in our team. And we've seen what they can do. So we naturally expect, you know, a level of performance from them. And their six, seven out of ten performance, sometimes, you know, people will question, well, maybe that doesn't look right because we naturally expect an eight or a nine out of them because you know, we all know that's what they've done in the past. And then, for me, I think you know Henderson. If his his base performance is maybe a five to six, if he has a seven out of ten, then people write home like he's had a ten out of ten. But then, if he has a four out of ten, then there will be people like myself who probably say, well, it was a two out of ten because he divides the fan base that much. There's, all, there's been players throughout the years that have divided fan base and I think, you know, it is it is only heightened more by by social media and people's views and platforms to, to voice opinions and stuff. So, you know, it, it it's whatever your side of the fence you sit on, but I think no one really comes out of that game with any credit from midfield and, you know, if you are targeting the player for whatever reason and I, I will say like I will watch Henderson more critically than others then you might watch Rabiniel more critically than others then that, that is fine that's you know what you do as fans you tend to look out for certain things within games but you know the, the fact is Henderson started as an 8th went to the six after what 50 odd minutes but only completed 3 forward passes in the whole game now that's not good enough wherever you are across the midfield if you are trying to you know force the, the type of play in the game, raise the intensity, get the ball moving in the right direction. Whoever you are, whether you're Jordan Henderson, whether you're Thiago or Fabinho or whoever you're you know, Kevin De Bruyne, that, that's not good enough. Um, and that for me is where I think like, we we need someone else and we'll probably get into the transfer stuff towards the end, but I just think we're going to see me, see me and we're expecting a lot and You know, you can dig players out, and I agree with you on Fabinho, but I think he's probably had more 7 to 8 out of 10s than he's had 5 out of 10s compared to, to Henderson, and I think that the armband, for me, keeps him in the team when really it should be on merit, but the fact of the matter is we ain't got enough midfielders fit, so if it isn't Henderson, then it's Milner, and again, if we're all honest with ourselves, that lad isn't isn't lasting 90 minutes at the top level week in, week out because, you know, he's he's 37 now so you can't expect him to do that and to chuck a kid in like Elliot, again, if he doesn't do something right, people are going to be on his back. It's just a natural way of the, the football fandom is at the moment. I think it's just one of them things, whatever side of the fence you sit on, you, you're never going to agree with everyone but you are going to
0: have some agree and some disagreeing. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Chief, a lot's been made about the age of the team that started on, uh, started on Saturday, uh, the first time since 1994. There have been six players over the age of 30 that started in three of those. You know, half of them are in the midfield. Um, Sorry, no, not Fabinho, but Thiago, um, Henderson, you've got Milner coming off the bench at 57. Um, and then in between, we've got Fabinho and really nothing else, unless you want to count Chamberlain, which I know you absolutely don't. <laughs> um, and with his with his availability, you might you may as well not. Let's be honest. And the same goes for Nabi Kaida. So what you've got behind that's Curtis Jones, you've got Capalio, and you've got Elliot. You know, I think everything was said in the summer that Shu Many was a prime target, and. We know that this football club does not move for players unless it is part of the, you know, the wider overall strategic plan. But is there a case now to say? I watched Klopp's post-match, and he said we've got nine midfielders. So we're not short of midfielders. We're just short on fit midfielders. But is this now the plan where we maybe do have to do like a? A Louis Diaz, for example, and just move six to twelve months early due to circumstances. Um, and I mean yeah, for I mean, long think, term as well, because we just essentially what I'm saying is we've got a pile of old guys and a pile of young guys, and a yeah. twenty eight year old Fabinho who's like, for me out of form.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think there's maybe an element of that of him being out of form. I think he, he, he struggles anyway whenever in exactly those type of circumstances. So, you had the double whammy of um, Firmino playing up top, therefore not giving him any kind of out ball over the top or in behind. And um, Fulham specifically trying to flood the midfield by, as you said, letting Matip have it and basically therefore having an extra man in there. Um, so... I think they were they were the sort of they're the kind of worst circumstances for Fabinho at the 6 or in the 6 to um thrive in and he had a poor game um but yeah this is something that we've talked about before and long before the season started um the reality is when you look at the midfield there there's a there's a big gap there's a gaping hole there um in, in that age bracket, you know, you're, you're 25, 26 year old um, in the prime of their career uh, age bracket and someone who's, you know, reliable uh, and you, basically someone who can be an ever present like uh, obviously Jeannie was um, for so many years. been exposed and I think quite a few of us thought it, 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 there was the potential for it to be exposed because you're just a co- uh, because those those players who are in there as we, we mentioned who are in that age bracket, you're obviously Chamberlain's perhaps, uh, although he might be also a little older, but your are Naby Chaitis, um, they're not uh, they're not that robust for want of a better phrase, you know, they, they do pick up injuries even Thiago picks up his fair share of, of injuries. He's, he's oh, well, this
0: is what, Chief? This is Thiago's third season with us now, isn't
3: it? I th- yeah, I think he has never played more than 25 league games.
0: Well, we put, yeah, so, we played we played what like close to 60 games last year, if not more. That was his 50th appearance for us.
3: Yeah, he managed 25 of the 38 league games last season, which is... Just about two thirds, isn't it? Um, which is all right, but it's not great. Um, and as you said, it was his fiftieth appearance only for the club, so he was missing for for quite a few other games. I mean, uh, and that's gone back. His first season, obviously, he gets injured in his first competitive half. Richardson goes through him, and he's out for three three or four months. Takes him a long time to get back. Um, he's done okay since getting back, but yeah, repetitive niggles. Um, and it looks like another one. No, it doesn't look that serious, but it was enough to force him off at half time. He also had a stinker before going off. I don't know if that's connected. And uh, he lo- it looks like he's going to be out for a couple of weeks at least.
1: Sorry, so- J- James Pierce has just tweeted 34 minutes ago there uh, from the Athletic. Six weeks.
3: Six weeks now. I, was, I read weeks. something earlier that was more optimistic, but that was before the results, obviously. So he's yeah. out for six
0: weeks. It's just, it's, 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 do you know what, though? It's kind of standard, and that is the issue. And, and the same issue can be, can be leveled at, at, at Naby. Um,
3: well, that's it. I mean, Naby, I think, is is fit by all accounts at the moment. Yeah,
0: he's he ill. Was,
3: he was fit um, for most of last season. Um, I don't think he actually missed any... Any game, particularly through injury, it was just maybe selection. Um, so he has improved, but yeah, he certainly has that reputation, and you know he's ill now; he's not available when when needed. The thing is, you know, Klopp said we don't want to react to this; we don't want to panic, basically. But and he's right, you know, if if. If everyone comes back after the four to six weeks or whatever and they're all fully fit for, for the rest of the season, then fair enough. But that seems unlikely. Um, so, you know, I've, I'm always one for the one more lad would be would be great, would be just great. You know, I'm always in that camp and I'm def- I was in that camp the year we lost all our centre backs, although one extra probably wouldn't have made that much difference given every single player.
0: Derek got. fan, Davis?
3: But, um, yeah, exactly. And how did that work out? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's not going to be... It's, only, it's unlikely that this is the only time this season where two or three of those are out and you're sort of scrabbling around a little bit, you know, looking for, um, looking for midfielders. And I am all, you know, I'm all about allowing paths and stuff for, for younger players and players who you think are on a trajectory. But ultimately, I'm also more about having... Players who are ready at that moment in time, and we want to win. We want to win things. So I'd be in for, for getting another midfielder. I hope that it does force them back into the transfer market. I thought we were one night anyway in that area, and I would love it if basically this has happened and this result has happened and this injury has happened to sort of, you know, as a bit of a wake up call. And we just have a, another wee look at that. But as to whether I think it will happen, I'm, I'm not convinced.
2: Yeah, just just quickly on your your six weeks prognosis, it probably takes us seven league games and maybe one or two Champions League games. Takes us to the infamous international break in the middle of September, which you know no one needs. But uh, just for context, Palace at home, United away, Bournemouth at home, Newcastle at home, Everton away, Wolves at home, Chelsea away is the eighteenth of September, which is roughly six weeks give or take from now and would you really want to risk him if he's coming back off an injury for that game with an international break of two weeks around the corner probably best just to leave him and but get him you back but
3: were you not did you when, in our sorry Jake, uh, but Dave Dunning did you not say in our infamous unrecorded pod that a week tweak for Thiago around World Cup time or something would be good so he didn't have to go
0: Oh, yeah, pretty much. It is. Yeah, I did. Yeah,
3: you. so it's your fault. You've scutted him.
0: Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> so it's, of course it is. Of course it is. Absolutely. Andy, um, I think, yes, I'm, 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 I'm with teeth here that we probably do need one more. Um, I think if you add up the injuries between, you know, Kyra, Chamberlain and, and Thiago, you're probably a player and a half down there, if you want to look at it that way. Do you know, over the course of the season, if not maybe two players down between their availability. But I think we have to come to terms with it's not it's not gonna be it's not gonna be an all-action um goal scoring creative midfielder. Um and even if it is, the likelihood is it'll be reinvented into the system that and the responsibilities and, and the expectations the club has on that particular position, which you would expect will likely be kind of left-hand side of a, of a three. Um, I think Fabio Rees looks like he's going to go to PSG, which is kind of annoying for me because I really like him. I think he's really good. He's just turned 26 and he's he's pretty much that, that, that specific style of, he can kind of do everything. Um, Bellingham obviously isn't going to go this summer we knew that anyway even though there's been chat about it because Holland has been has uh, been sold too many's gone and the, the kind of the one name we're left with here is 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 Matess Nunez but again I don't know anything about that I'm sure you're of extensive knowledge of the Portuguese League et cetera, et cetera <laughs> which I'm actually sure that you don't but but that but that is. That is the type of player that we're looking for. It's not someone who's going to contribute at the front end of the pitch.
1: Yeah, I don't even think stylistically it it makes that much of a difference right now. I'm offering no insight to what anyone else doesn't know listening to this and on this podcast, that Liverpool aren't going to just get anyone in. They're going to wait for the right person like they do with Van Dijk. I'm pretty sure that's what they're doing with Bellingham, and we know that we're not Man City. We know that we don't have an endless pot of cash or random Qatari Airways bizarrely want to switch for hundred million every year so we can sort of launder that money. We're not going to be able to, you know, spend what forty-five million on a Mateus Nunes as a stopgap, just and then get Bellingham in the next summer. And if it is between that those two types of scenarios, which I suspect it is, I would rather. Just wait for Bellingham, to be honest, because, you know, OK, you might gain an extra couple of points this season. But then the season after that, you're left with somebody who you didn't particularly want or who was second choice or third choice or whatever he is. And you can apply that, you know, you can change Mateus Nunes's name to anyone else. If indeed, and we are speculating, we don't know that Bellingham's the first choice or that we're we're definitely in for him, blah, blah, blah. All we can go off is what we is the rumours and, you know, we all know how. Kind of volatile they can be in terms of their truth. So I don't know. I think I don't think we're going to do anything personally unless there's something we can do with Bellingham, which again I can't see, especially at this point of the season where um, the Bundesliga is what two games in. I think Chief can correct me in that if it's wrong. So no, it's one
0: game in. It's one game in. There you go. Week um, before was the the, the the German Cup. cup.
1: Yeah. Right. Okay. The, the so, Powell, I think it's called. So. I think I think you're just gonna see the likes the likes of Elliot just given full trust now. And I think he, he does have full trust anyway. And you look at his performance at the weekend, and you know people said about Milner changing the game. I thought Milner was decent, but like everyone else on the pitch had some sloppy moments. And this is what I mean when people are sort of singling out individual players for that game. It doesn't work because like whoever your favorite player is <laughs> made three or four really sloppy mistakes in that game. It's it, it was a contagious systematic thing not just individual players, um, and I thought when Elliott came on, he actually changed it, because the main reason was, I think Fulham, obviously having um, known him, and he's come through their academy, and they know all his strengths, blah, 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 they knew his quality, and so when he sort of dropped into that position, he brought the fullback away from Salah, and then Salah had a bit more space, and Henderson just wasn't really doing that in the first half, so I think uh, Elliot had a, had a really, really good game, and regardless of whether we had a fully fit midfield or not, I would start Elliot against Palace. And I think we know that the club's happy to to, to to put his trust in him. You, you, you know, I always remember sitting with you and Hendo, uh, Dave, at the at the pub when we watched the Chelsea game. We were all shocked that he'd gone with Elliot again, even though Elliot had such a great game against Burnley the week before. And those three three of the four games that he starts is Burnley, which is your classic sort of long ball team, super physical. Ordinarily, you'd have thought, would, would Elliot fit into that? Will he get bullied a little bit? No, he was super. Chelsea, you know, we all know Thomas Tuchel has to be in an, an intensely tactical game. He'd be very intelligent thrown into that, does super. And then Leeds is completely the opposite of both those. It's high octane, it's man marking, uh, and he does super in that as well. So I think, I think Klopp genuinely thinks he's intelligent enough to fit into any of those systems. And yes, it makes it a little bit more difficult in the sense that who then plays on the left-hand side of midfield, because I don't particularly like Henderson there. I don't think you've got to put Milner there. We don't know how long Jones is out for. He's an option there as well. So there's no real option there. Um, although I think actually Nabi Keda is better there than on the right, because he he feels like he doesn't have to do that hundred mile an hour three ball every time. But anyway, no, I, I think he's gonna, gonna gonna stick with his young players and he'll he'll do the whole thing, see it as an opportunity, um, you know, your time to shine. And if Elliot stays fit, to be honest, I think that's I think I think a fully fit and Farrow Elliott from what we know and how highly Klopp and Pep line is rating. it could possibly be in our first eleven midfield anyway.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But we're sort of just to jump in. We're sort of one. We're a Harvey Elliott injury away from a from a crisis at the, at this point. Um, so it's just I, I'm just interested. Do you think it is just the one we're we're after? Like, because obviously we were, you know. W- well in for too many and I think the plan has always been to get Bellingham next year so is it one we're after or is it two and if, if it's two then could we not move a bit early? I mean the question will be of course we, we, we won't just get anyone but is there anyone on the market that we're that's on our list basically but if we are looking for two then I'd be well happy if we um, decided to move on one this, this season
0: instead of waiting. Yeah I think we need one yeah, definitely, 100%. Yeah. Do you know, Jamie, we do need one, but as has been,
1: you know... Discussed one would here. be better for this season. If we get Matthias Nunes in for £45 million now, we will be better this season. There's no the, doubt about it.
2: What I would say, from what your point was earlier on, Andy, is like, you were saying, would he be sort of, you know, left in a position that did we need him or would he be, you know, sort of sat on his hands next season? Well, Milner... At some point, he's going to have to stop. Um, Henderson, there's no denying he's getting older and he's getting a little bit slower. Um, Thiago, how long have we got left in him? A year or two. (sighs) You know, Ox is out the door pretty much in terms of whether it's going out on a stretcher or whether it's going out on his own two feet to somewhere else next summer. Um, And then I'm, I'm still a bit unsure on what Curtis Jones is or isn't as a player. So when you narrow it down, really, you know, if we do manage to get Bellingham over the line next summer, you're looking at what Bellingham, Fabinho, a year older, Thiago, and Henderson, and Elliot, and then you, you know you got question marks: is Cavaliere midfielder, is he a ten? Is he a wide man? Is Jones any of them players? You know, the, the, if we got him a midfielder and who is of a decent age, 22, 23 years of age, experienced. I don't think you can go too far wrong and I think where we lack compared to our nearest rivals, which is Man City, is the midfield departments. So up top at the back in goal, there's arguments that we're better depending on your personal preference. But in midfield, there's streets ahead of us in terms of quality and availability.
1: I, I think we've always done that, though. We've always had shortcomings somewhere. Um, for years, it was the front three, where if any of the front three got injured, there was a massive drop-off. Then we sort of bolstered there, and then we were left short at centre-half, and obviously that happens in the COVID season. And I think now that kind of trade offs just happening in the midfield. And I think just the way that the, 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 the transfer policy and the policy of this club, whether you like it or not, I think it's always just going to leave us one short somewhere where if there's a bit of an injury crisis, then you're buggered. I think we might just have to
2: do that. But the, that frustration then is what a lot of fans, like my, myself and others probably feel, is, well, we're sat here on the greatest team we've had in 30 years. Just get that extra player. Like, It might cost you 30, 40 million, but we broke even this summer in what we've sold and what we got rid of, off the wage bill to what we brought in we're broke even, we're probably already up in terms of the wage bill. Just, you know, what we want is just that one player because we knew we needed the centre half, we knew we needed a forward and eventually we got them. But, but, then, but then we,
1: we be get Kabak and, and he makes us know better. You yeah, know? no, I mean, Kanata I, I, I was it.
0: the one, wasn't he? Let's be honest. So, so Jota so, was the so one. J- yeah, so Jay, so let's, let's look at this. There's, there's two kind of screws of thought here, okay? There is... The first school of thought, which is, you know, this ownership has struck a certain plan, and we can look at a variety of different players. Van Dyke being the obvious one that, you know, what we'll wait. We'll wait because this is about, and this is something that I really admire about, you know, this is about long term. It's not about the way the Glazers are, making a quick buck, getting the revenue stream in, winning isn't important. If we want somebody, we will wait for them. Um, which has worked for us in the past with the likes of Van Dyke, but then the other school of thought is that we've experienced having multiple injuries in one particular area of the pitch, which at the time was center half, um, and now we're kind of experiencing like post-traumatic st- stress disorder with this midfield situation that we're in at the minute. So, do they learn from that? Do they deviate from their their original kind of um, templates of what a recruitment strategy is, or do they just stick and go? Do you know what you're going to have to deal with it? You've enough fit players there. This guys back in one week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, six weeks, and we're just going to wait.
2: So, I, I I get where you, you totally get where you come from, and I think you know you can have have that saying Bellingham is arguably the one we may wait for next year. It doesn't seem to be the name that's going away. And, you know, that plays right into the, the first point you're making. But then the second point for me, you know, you're not, we're not panic buying in terms of like, Getting a Kabak and Davison who didn't really have any impact or didn't even play for us in the other, in the case of Ben
0: Davis. But go no, and get, it's maybe, it's maybe going to go and get, two or three, and go and get in, a player moving six or twelve months earlier than we we had planned. Yeah, Luis Diaz is
2: a is a prime yeah. example. And you know we, we've missed out on the league twice as you, we've mentioned earlier on by a point or two. We've narrowly missed out on two Champions League finals to Real Madrid because we've been outdone by an age in midfield who've got quality in their half, in their team, sorry. Um, and we've, we've just lost a midfield battle in them two finals. I know you can probably say, you know, luck was maybe on the side of Real Madrid, but if you boil it down, like, you know, the midfield was where they, their quality is and they probably outdone us in two finals. And, you know, if we maybe had a player here, a player there, whether it was a centre-half early, whether it was a midfielder last summer or this summer, are we looking at maybe another couple of Premier Leagues and a couple of Champions League in the back? And again, like we've waited so long to see Liverpool get to the top of the mountain, are we really going to sit on our hands and waste it? I think if we just, you know, maybe just went that little extra yard, the quadruple could have been on. Maybe it could have been a treble. Maybe we could have had another Champions League in the bag. It's just such fine margins and. I just feel as though we just need to stretch that a little bit more once or twice. Just as, you know, those points against Brentford last season, the big games, we never drew. We drew everyone. We didn't win a, a single match against the top four. You know, one of them games turned into a victory. It wins you the league. And that, that's the fine margins I think we're dealing with if we can just get a bit more quality and depth and availability. Yeah,
1: can, definitely- I, can I just... Sorry, go on, Chief.
2: Just cheers, man.
3: Just just on that, I, that's sort of what I'm getting at is that we are great, but and and you can you can have your strategy and, and wait for the right player and and that's absolutely fine. And sometimes that's going to work for you, like it did with with Van Dyke. But it's got to be it's got to be a flexible strategy. And I think we showed that. I think as you referenced there with Diaz, where we we moved early to make sure we would get him, but. When we do look back on this Liverpool era in in ten years or whatever, we're going to be proud, of course. We're going to be you know talking about this team for you know like like the older generation talking about this the seventies teams and the early eighties and stuff. But we don't we're not going to want to be sitting looking back on it going, "Aye, but City were just better, weren't they? We got that we like one league title, but you know we couldn't." just couldn't get over the line and the other ones. And, you know, we came we, we came second to them four times or something. And, you know, they beat us by a combined total of five points. But you're still going to remember that you didn't win. You came second. And that's the thing, as, as Jay's alluding to. We're, we're basically at the top of the mountain, but we're not quite at the peak. And if we can just take that, you know, take that extra step to make sure to not give Klopp sort of a, you know back to mountains again mountains to move at any point just yeah. to have enough in the bank So,
0: see,
1: I think just, like, you know? can, yeah. I, can i chime in quickly there dave because yeah. i think there's an important point that we're missing here um and i will try and be as quick as I can on it because i think people i'm not saying you guys obviously you know we all have our opinions or whatever and if we were to go and sign the test tomorrow that would completely make sense of it in my head but I feel like people see it sometimes, like you're playing FIFA career mode and you have to get a midfielder in, and Jude Bellingham is this 90-rated star, and we can't get him, so we're better getting the 82-rated player in. What people are forgetting is, is, is stylistic um, thinking around it as well. There's a an incredibly narrow um, field of the midfielders, skill sets, very an incredibly skill narrow First of all, with the technical ability to come in and make a difference, and um, the technical ability is probably the easiest. But secondly, to fit into the sort of pressing style and the high octane, you know, which let's face it, Ozan Kabak and Ben Davies clearly couldn't do. Otherwise, they'd have played a lot more. Nat Phillips can barely do it, and he's still getting ahead of the two of them. So there's that, there's that. And then just in general to fit in, and we don't need somebody to come in. We can't es- essentially give somebody a midfielder a pre season here. Yeah. And give but them two but it's seniors. even more than
0: that, Andy, Because by that, point, that by that
1: point, by that point, but by that point, it's you know, Tiago's can be back anyway. You know, but if, and
3: if, it, Mil- it, if Miller's going yeah. next year, which we think he probably will, and Henderson is another year older, so his games will have to be limited anyway, and have to be chosen. And we're unsure about Curtis Jones and we think Nabi Kaida might get off. And Oxlade Chamberlain's getting off, then surely, and, and Thiago's another year into his 30s, surely we're looking for two central midfielders by next season.
0: I mean, well, I think just, that is the point. I think that is the point, Chief. And just to come to you on it, um,
1: for value as well.
0: And do we know what he is? He's but so known, he's, he's, he's so long not away. a deep, deep line midfielder, though. No, you know, and I think, and this, and this does come to my point where you know. We it looked like, you know, if if Plan A had have gone as the recruitment team and the club and the hierarchy would have wanted, it would have been too many this summer. Yeah. And we presume Bellingham next summer. Yeah. And that's it. And we have evolved a variety of areas in the pitch. Um we've brought in Canate, we've brought in Simicus for cover, uh, we've brought in Nunez, we've brought in Diaz, we've brought in Chota And again, the midfield, I don't want to say it's been neglected, but it is, it's, as I said before, there's no in-between. It's we've got the old guard there, and we've got a couple of kind of exciting new attacking players that can maybe play that eight role, maybe that more advanced, but that's kind of about it. So, you know, all that being said, I get what yous are all on about, and I do agree with yous. But at the same time, if if we as you said earlier, Chief, if the penalty isn't given and we win the game four one, we aren't having this conversation.
3: No, you're you're right. But the way the the way it pans out with Thiago going off and stuff and whatever, but you're right, if we win the game four one we we aren't having this conversation. But I mean I heard shouts for genie on loan a couple of months ago is what's, what's happened there I mean I'd
0: take him on loan if you oh he's at gone. Roma now he's gone
3: to Roma oh he's gone has he? he's, he's
0: away and what I particularly liked is when they they, they, um, they brought him into the stadium and there was like about fucking a million people there and they played the <laughs> they played the genie Ronaldo song that we'd obviously christened them with which is you know <laughs> translated over to Rome which I kind of feel kind of I kind of feel like it feels nice that He's like literally got his own song, and it's yeah, forward. and we gave that to him. So yeah, that's so that's, me that's nice. I'm not getting Genie on loan anyway. No, we're not. We're not. So yeah, long the sort of we're not getting Genie on loan. No, no.
3: Oh well. Yeah. Well, it'd be interesting to see. I, I'm sort of in agreement. With, well, I'm in agreement with Andy anyway that I, I don't think we'll necessarily make a move. Um, but like Jay, I would love. I would love that extra. That extra body in there, and not just a body, obviously a good one. They're, they're, you know, they're looking at their list. They're not just going, you know, Man United style. Um, but uh, if it can't be done, it can't be done. We'll have to, we'll have to make the best of it. But it would be good to to, to make a million. Really-
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, we all like new shiny things. Andy, just to finish us off, um, it's Palace on Monday night. It's home. It's like yes it's not the ideal game, is it? They have pace. They have, you know, creative players in there. Vieira's doing a decent job. Um Arsenal. Obviously, if you listen to anything I say to you, are, are like the best team in the world, so you beat them too. The best manager ever. Well, oh, genius. Honestly. <laughs> like 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 a football manager savant, you know. Um but yeah. What do we what do we do here? Do we take? Do we take the option of you know? We saw it didn't work at the weekend. We saw it did work. Do we do? Do we do like for example? Um, double pivot, Fabinho, Henderson, Elliot, and start Nunez and drop Firmino. Is that where we are now? Are we there already?
1: Or is that? Or is that reactionary? I completely forgot Tiago was out for this one. So, in my head, we're playing Henderson, uh, Tiago Elliott, which, sorry, Fabinho, Tiago Elliott, which we're obviously not. Um, so, it's, a, I mean, first of all, you're absolutely right. It's a really, really tricky sort of game, especially when you're in one of these crises, because Crystal Palace are one of those teams, kind of like Brighton, who can really make it awkward for the top teams the way they play. It's a progressive style of play, and they're not just sort of going to sit in and, and pump balls up to the big man. Um, and play negatively because we all know that Liverpool and Man City and all the top teams these days can play around that quite easily unlike sort of five years ago. So I think there's there's a few things you'd like to do. Firstly, I think from a, if you're thinking from a defensive point of view, you'd like Henderson on the right-hand side purely because I think Trent can struggle with Zaha sometimes. I think Henderson, whatever you think of him, he's probably the best at shuttling over and giving him a bit of support there. Whether you do Milner there for that reason, but then you don't really want to be picking your midfield for Palace at home based on their players. Do so I get that no, argument? You're
0: looking, yeah, you're looking at Elliot against Zaha with Trent. You're looking at Milner, who's booked after 45 seconds, or yeah. Henderson, really.
1: Yeah, so, so I think you probably want Henderson there. It would be the absolute perfect game for Kanate, because quite similar to the way that Real Madrid play in the Champions League final, where... we. You know, obviously Valverde's the... No, Valverde, what's his name? The quick winger, this uh, Brazilian fella. I can't remember. Anyway. Vinicius. Vinicius, that's him. So basically he's a danger man and everyone's talking about him as the guy who can, you know, get behind Trent and blah, blah, blah. And Trent will have to be careful. And then what kind of happens is Trent just goes and plays in his own position anyway. And Canate does right back for half the game because he's got the pace on him. Um, and I thought that would have been perfect for Zaha because then it doesn't become Trent versus Zaha. Um, it becomes, you know, Yes, fantastic. It, kind of,
0: it, was, it was kind of similar to the start of last season when it became at Stamford Bridge. Stamford Bridge, I don't know it was not was but Werner
1: against Madep. Yeah, yeah, and, um, and and with you know with Kanata, you have a little bit more faith in him there. Whereas I would have always said, I mean, I would have always said that that Matip would have been a great a great player to deal with the likes of a Mitrovic type striker, but that doesn't transpire. And I think actually Madep maybe has his worst game for Liverpool at the weekend. They say that as a fan of his. But I don't think you bring a Gomez in for this one, given their pace in behind, given I'm not completely convinced that his body has fully recovered to the, the kind of recovery pace that, that he had pre-injuries. So I'm a bit worried about it, to be honest. Um, but I would stick with Matip. I would go Fabinho, Keita and Henderson, I think but it wouldn't shock me if he goes Elliot because sort of, he's got nine days to sort of train him up and, 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 and say, listen, you've got Zaha I've got this Zaha problem here as well so you're going to need to help out with that so I wouldn't mind seeing, you know um, Elliot on the right-hand side either it's not like a Henderson thing it's more just, you know, that threat of Zaha and then Nunez up front 100% Sal and Diaz as well either side I don't think there's any doubt about that that's what he has to do Okay, uh,
0: Jay, Neil, any advance? I presume you're going the same No Oh Jay's yep. going Jay's going probably I, right, so I'm guessing Jay's going Elliot, Naby and Fab because he hates Jordan Henderson too much. Mm, no, short
2: of. Uh, I'm going 4 2 3 1. I'm putting Calvario in and just playing Naby <laughs> and Fabinho.
0: Absolutely wild. Well they bad. play a 4 2 3 1 anyway. So Yeah. Well, what, do midfield? Ma- what do you think the manager will do? Do you think the manager will do that? No.
1: If he's so, doing that, he's playing Henderson with Fabinho.
2: He's got one Naby and
0: Henderson, and okay. he's putting Nunes up top
2: like I can't. said that's the that's the, right. that's the rule book for yeah. the
0: club, and that's, it's, that's it's, the play yeah. yeah, straight out of the play um, it, um,
3: you know when he when he does change it up, he likes a bit of a four two four. but then there's maybe a bit of a diddle where Elliot plays as the fourth attacker more more in a ten. esque uh, Would you
2: say earlier from the right and maybe off Salah, off Nunes are the more central, and Diaz wide left.
3: Yeah, so I think there's scope for maybe getting the fourth attacker on the pitch in this one from the start. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Hopefully he does change it up a bit. I don't want to. He, he's going to be forced to anyway. But I think uh, Fabinho, Henderson, Kaida midfield. I, I, I don't know. I don't
0: know. safe. Yeah. yeah, and do you know what, lads, it doesn't really matter. And this sounds ridiculous. It's the first game of the season. Um, but we've dropped two points. But well, at that point, when we play Palace, we're probably five points behind City. So the pressure's awesome. Well, exactly. To exactly. So I think, think it's balls the, the week wall. after as well. Yeah, but we'll the, the week after. And, and beat them. Yeah. So basically, until next time, it's up that just fucking win, Reds.